So I've known for quite some time that I tend to get triggered by Enneagram 2s. Not them specifically, they're not doing anything to me intentionally, but there's something about some of the Enneagram 2 behaviors or tendencies that have triggered me in the past. Um, and, you know, to this day. And it's been something that's been in my view recently, not because there is someone in my life doing that, but because it's been an element of my past. And I've talked about it in previous podcast episodes, but I'm realizing how much as I explore some of my own shadow elements, my own prejudices, some of my unconscious reflections of, you know, what triggers me in the outside world, Enneagram twos come up as a big element of that. And some of the tendencies that Enneagram twos have that trigger me are this sort of overreaching and interjection of, uh, of helping someone of, of making yourself important in someone's life to reaffirm a sense of importance. And there is a tendency to try to be someone's number two, to be the behind the scenes person, to be the right hand man, to be the, 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 the someone that someone counts on all the time. And subsequently the two wants the same thing for themselves, but they typically take on the secondary role. Um, and, uh, I'm just noticing in myself, and I, I, I notice this is possible for everyone as well, to get triggered by a particular type, an Enneagram type or a Myers-Briggs type. And I'm noticing just some of these things within myself, finally, for the first time, after such a long time of being triggered by these tendencies, in that I very much want to be seen and recognized for the work that I do, for sharing my story. I very much am owning and starting to feel this ownership around wanting to get out of the shadow of being a number two or being behind the scenes, right? Um, there's this sense of, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, you know, being always a bridesmaid, never a bride kind of feeling and sort of owning that within myself and still exploring it, of course, but it, it's just interesting how that is by noticing this trigger that I have from these varying tendencies of an Enneagram 2, which you can find all over the internet, look up Enneagram 2 tendencies. I, I don't have them necessarily listed here in a, in a, a, a nice and tidy order, because this is not really an informational podcast, um, but more of an expression. And uh, working on some of these elements of myself to really know that this is something that triggers me. And how it eventually won't trigger me is to continue to have empathy for it. So I spoke in a previous podcast about having empathy more for the Enneagram 2 experience, that when an Enneagram 2 is reaching out to me for help, that I don't just get triggered and say like, well, you shouldn't expect that. You shouldn't be you because <laughs> that's not cool. Um, but that I can have empathy for the situation and say like, look, I understand that you want to be seen and this is the way that you want to be seen and how I've personally taken that on myself. Uh, I've done that with INTPs and I want to be appreciated for the work that I do. Right. Um, and so that's a major element also is that there is often this unconscious or unspoken desire for reciprocity 
And that's something I've had a massive trouble with in my life where I've had a difficulty trusting relationships where I can sense that there is a reciprocity element to the friendship or relationship or something like that. And in a sense, like that's always inherent, but when someone's doing it to such a degree that, that they're almost doing it underhandedly, that, that aspect, you know, always frustrated me, but I realize I'm always doing that. And that shadowy element leaks into all of my work all the time where I maybe get a little bit too salesy or too pushy about someone buying my stuff. Cause like maybe I get a little bit desperate about money and I want someone to buy my stuff and appreciate me and, you know, go out there and preach my work and, and, and navigate more people to my stuff. <clears throat> and that sort of, uh, taints the essence of my work that taints the, the work that I've really put a lot of time and thought and effort into and, you know, kind of destroys trust the second I start being a little too salesy. Now that, I mean, you have to market your work, you have to talk about it, you have to all of that. But I realize that there is like an element to the, to a pushiness. Um, and you know, I've seen this in Enneagram twos that I've been close to. There is kind of a bossiness sometimes that comes out. And, um, I realize that that triggers me too. But again, I'm starting to notice these things within myself that I can be bossy. I can be pushy. I can be expecting a reciprocity when I am, you know, <laughs> when it's not necessarily necessary to, uh, and, um, <clears throat> overreaching in sense of, in the sense of being helpful or, or trying to fix someone, right? As an Enneagram one, there's an element of trying to make the people around me better. And I realize that connection to Enneagram two as one of my wings is a way that, <clears throat> a way that that manifests is, is inserting myself into someone's life and trying to help them. Uh, and, and in this case, I, I am, sometimes interjecting, interjecting myself into someone's life or rather, or rather that I haven't been, that's one of the tendencies that I don't do as much because of the trigger, because I'm, I don't want to be that. So just as much as there are shadow elements that I'm doing that I don't want to do, there are probably shadow elements that I'm repressing that would actually be helpful that I'm not allowing myself to do because of the repression. And I'm just noticing that there's a lot around Enneagram too. Like my pretty sure my dad's an Enneagram too. And we had a lot of issues growing up and uh, with me growing up and my ex-wife's an Enneagram too. And I've had some other, you know, kind of scuffles with Enneagram twos, uh, INTP Enneagram twos as well, who have tried to come into my DMS and become my best friend, <laughs> you know? And, uh, while I very much appreciate it, appreciate it, it's like the aggressiveness of it sort of scared me away because there are these, these, these elements that are surrounding me that are really grabbing hold of a lot of my attention in a way that's, that's disquiet, discomforting for me. Um, so I'm, I'm learning a lot that's related to this type that is both repression and something I'm doing unconsciously. And so as I bring those things to the surface, some of that is related to a sense of sadness too. sadness with the Enneagram two part of me, but then the Enneagram four arrow line part of me too, in envy, uh, that comes up as well. So some of this is like social connection and, you know, with the pandemic social connection has been difficult, but as an INTP and an Enneagram one, 
I've always had this kind of lone wolf mentality and I'm, I'm getting to know what's called the anima, which is this counter counter masculine element with me as a male. Uh, it's a feminine element. It's not a woman. It's not an inner woman or not an inner female, but it's a, um, it's a counterbalancing energy to, and it's like usually how the unconscious psyche shows up. And so I'm getting to know this aspect of myself as well and sort of form a partnership with it and get to know all these different elements of my unconscious and shadow and all this stuff, which is other deeper material. But, um, you know, in its essence, I'm really starting to get to know how this particular type triggers me. So I wanted to share this as an example, because maybe there's an Enneagram type that is triggering you or a Myers-Briggs type that triggers you on the regular. And because of my situation with being with an Enneagram 2 and having grown up with an Enneagram 2 around me, there are just behaviors that I decided are not good and I repressed, or that there are things that I took on unconsciously that I do. And there's so much of that that surrounds Enneagram 2 as like this kind of stuck point for me. So I'm going to continue to explore it, but I wanted to kind of open up this window of of thinking about how if you're triggered by someone, that's usually some sort of reflection of something within yourself that, that maybe needs to be explored, um, in some sort of way. So, you know, I just thought that was worth sharing. So I appreciate you so very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, like subscribe and share if you'd like to. And we also have courses and an email list at happychemicals.org if you'd like to go check that out. Um, that's it for now. If you have other topic requests, you can leave it in the comments below. Or also, if you're curious, if I, you know, if there's like a, something I didn't go further into, I can sometimes point you to different resources. If you have questions around like, oh, how did you learn about the anima or the shadow? Like, I may not necessarily cover that informationally on this podcast, but I can send you a link in one of the comments or something like that. So feel free to ask and I'll do my best. So I appreciate you. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya.